Yeah, I remember when I was 24, my girlfriend at the time, I, I said to her the same thing, I want to live for music. And she said to me, it's too late. It's too late for you. <laughs> Ripe old age of 24. Yeah, we, we broke up soon after that. This is the Happy Voice Podcast with me, Heather Meyer Thomas, looking at singing from a fresh perspective. Conversations with all sorts of people about our relationship with our voices. I'll be exploring how people experience their voices in different ways and find out what factors influence whether people sing or whether they don't. We all know that singing is incredibly beneficial for our physical and mental health as well as our spiritual well-being, yet so many people don't feel able to enjoy their voices. I'm Heather Meyer Thomas and I'm a professional vocalist and coach and I've worked in opera, folk and jazz and voiceover. For the past 25 years as a holistic singing teacher, I've developed a therapeutic approach to coaching adults from all kinds of starting points, from well-known actors and pop stars and celebrities to people finding their voices for the first time. I'm committed to encouraging people and helping them transform their relationship with singing by simplifying practical technique and questioning our stories about our ability. In the Happy Voice podcast, I've had some wonderful conversations with people sharing their stories and experiences with singing. I've spoken to absolute beginners and professional singers and people who were told they couldn't sing a sound healer, a psychologist, a doctor, and the list goes on. I'd also love you to add your voice to the conversation, so please feel free to get involved. In this episode, I'm delighted to share a conversation with a dear friend, a former pupil of mine who's now a professional singer, songwriter, and sound healer, Daniel Coates, also known as Santara, whose life was transformed by his experience of developing his voice and getting into sound healing. Dan is based in Bali and works at the Pyramids of Chi. Our conversation was recorded on a Zoom internet call, so there are a few sound glitches in this conversation, but the content is worth it. So make yourself comfortable and we'll begin. Well, my name is Daniel Coates. I'm otherwise known as Santara and... Um... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a singer-songwriter, but mainly what I do at the moment is I'm a sound healer, and I've been doing that for 13 years. And I recently spent uh, two and a half years traveling around the world with my family, my wife and twin nine-year-olds, and we, we went event to event uh, around the world doing my sound healing. And we started off in Queensland in Australia, and we bought a full drive, and we had no money in the bank, and I had no events planned and we just went on the road and trusted that everything would work out and we lasted um yeah 27 months or something <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> we only stopped because i got tired and i wanted a rest it wasn't a financial thing we we um we covered it through the events and i i, I learned how to be sustainable as a musician on the road and feed my family as well and take my family with me which was um really awesome to be able to do that what were you doing before i mean i know that you haven't always been a musician 
but that you wanted to be. Certainly when we met, God, I don't know how many years ago, but we met a long time ago. And at that point, you were thinking about wanting to be a musician. So, so tell me the story up to that point. Yeah, when, when we met, I was taking singing lessons with you and uh, I was working in the corporate world uh, doing um, as a computer programmer or IT consultant. Um, but, you know, what I used to do was I'd, I'd go to London for six months, do a contract, do some singing lessons with you, and then I'd leave for two years and go travelling. And then I'd come back when my bank account was bare and I'd, <laughs> I'd do another six months and earn my pounds and then go to places where it lasted a long time. And then, <laughs> so I was avoiding working in the corporate world as much as I possibly could until such time as I was brave enough to start that path with the music. <laughs> so, so before, before yeah. that, when you, were, when you were young, for instance, did you always sing? Did you sing as a boy? What, what was your singing story? Yeah, yeah, I sung as a boy. Uh, I loved singing as a boy and then um, I had a couple of experiences that, that shut me down and I didn't end up really singing until I was an adult, like a 30-year-old after that. Uh, bullying at school and stuff sort of shut me down. Uh, so, and, and also just the, um, the emphasis of society on getting the marks and doing like in Australia, it was like, if you did music, you didn't, it wasn't valued as much as if you did physics or chemistry. So I had this pressure that was saying, do the sciences and do the mathematics subjects so that you get good marks and you can get a good university degree and um, get a high paying job. And <laughs> so I got sort of caught up in that and left the music behind and took the path of, you know, money and all that. And, I was just never happy with that. Because I can um, remember years ago, you were, you, you had such a clear vision. You were in one position, you were in one situation where you were, I remember you used to cycle to Canary Wharf from Kentish Town or something, didn't you, to go to work or something like that. I remember it was, even in London, in the sort of urban environment, you were making it as natural as you possibly could for yourself. Um, <laughs> but, but even then, you had a vision. I remember you saying to me, I want to be able to sustain myself as a musician. I want to be able to mm -hmm. um, make money and, and live just from that. And it's not like you were miserable or, or, or depressed. Or uh, you were just focused on this is where I am and this is where I want to be. And, and you were taking very clear steps to get from one to the other. And then trusting in the rest of it, which is what I think really blew me away when we first met, that you had this incredible faith in your own instincts um, and being able to follow your visions. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, can you talk to that a bit, maybe? Yeah, I think that when I was saying those things to you back then, I had no idea how that was going to happen. <laughs> but I knew that I was writing songs and I was really happy with the songs that I was writing. And, uh, you know, I was developing as a singer. I wouldn't say I was a great singer back then, but I got better and better with your instruction and with a lot of practice. And, um, but I just, I don't know. I, I just knew that's what I wanted. And, but I didn't really know. I didn't know how it was going to happen. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was 24, my girlfriend at the time, I, I said to her the same thing. I want to live for music. And she said to me, it's too late. It's too late for you. <laughs> right yeah. old age of 24. Yeah, we, we broke up soon after that. 
I wonder what she's doing. You I'm need like, to look her up. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to take that. I wasn't going to take that. <laughs> I, I couldn't accept that. Uh, yeah. I really could. I didn't. I still didn't know how it was going to work out for me. And honestly, I didn't really make a living as a musician until I was 38. So, you know, I'm talking 14 years later. Mm-hmm. So, but I got there. You did. You did. And not only that, you're supporting your family as well, which is quite extraordinary. Um, so how did you go? How did you transition? Or was it a transition or was it was something that was always there? The sound healing element of, of the music that you make, because that's enormous. That is, that is a huge part of your life, isn't it? Well, it's everything right now. It's almost like my songwriting has taken a back seat because the sound healing has just taken off so incredibly over in Australia and over the world now. Um, so, you know, that started uh, when I was, I was working in IT in London and I was really hating my job and I was finding it actually hard to be in the office. Uh, I was panicky, having panic attacks and... I was just really over it. You know, my soul was, was only going to take so much of that. And um, by 2006, uh, you know, I, I was really having enough. So I went to a few um, sound healing evenings. Uh, I was actually looking, I was looking for you uh, when I got to London because I'd lost your phone number. And I, I put into the internet what I thought was your website because I was looking for you so I could ha- come and have some singing lessons. And I put in what I thought was your website um, and up came, not your website, up came someone else's website, a guy called Alexander Massey from Oxford. I knew him. I knew Alexander. I'd met him before through friends. He's a, he's a professional opera singer or he was. And um, I just got your websites mixed up. I mean, I still found you obviously because I did some singing lessons with you that year, but uh, it was a great, you know, it was a great little uh, mistake that I made there to, to put in the wrong website because up came Alexander's website and you know, he's a professional opera singer, but I didn't realize that he was doing sound healing as well. And he was having these little evenings where he would use his opera voice in a very shamanic way with instruments over people's bodies. I went to one of his evenings and he just blew me away. And he actually, he actually blew away all of my stress (laughs) with his voice. Yeah. And it was just so, it was so powerful. The power of the human voice is so immense. We, we all know that. But when it's used in the way of that intentional sound healing way that he was doing, um, he really, he really helped me. And um, I was able to go to work without anxiety after that session. And um, so I just really got interested because of what happened to me. And I knew that I had a voice. And I knew that I could do it too. Um, and then, you know, um, I don't know whether I told you this story, but it's good for everyone to hear it. I went to, I went to Findhorn in Scotland and um, uh, Findhorn's this wonderful spiritual, spiritual community near Inverness. And um, I went there for what's called Experience Week, where you get to go and live in the community and work with the community and you know, eat with the community. And it's an amazing place with beautiful organic gardens that feed the whole community and yeah, it, it, people should just go there. If you're living in the UK, you should just go there to Findhorn. It's an amazing place. And I met, you know, I met a young a young lady from uh, Venezuela on that course, and we had a real connection. And uh, we spent that week getting to know each other, and we really, really enjoyed each other's company. And then we were heading. She she worked in London as well, and we were heading back to London on different flights. And I said to her, 
when we get back to London, I'll call you and we'll keep this going. And she said, great. And when we got back to London, all this negativity started up saying, you know, you want to go home to Australia, so don't go starting a long distance uh, relationship here. And it was saying she doesn't really like you anyway, blah, blah, blah. This, you know, <clears throat> it's negative. you know that negative. Everyone knows that, that voice, negative. yes. Yeah, it's that little <laughs> negative voice that you just want to say, shut up, to sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so that negative voice was up. And then um, I ended up booking a private session with Alexander out in uh, Oxford because he wasn't coming to London anymore. And uh, went out to his house in Oxford and, you know, lay down on a mat and he did his thing with his opera voice and his sound healing. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I got off that mat and all of the negativity from, you know, that I was having about calling this woman and starting a relationship, uh, all that negativity got blown away by that private session with Alexander and I walked down to Oxford Railway Station and I called, I called her and it was two and a half months after I had said that I was going to call her and I sort of just disappeared. She must have been thinking, what the, where the hell is he gone? And um, I called her in that moment after that session, after the sound healing, because the sound healing had got me out of my head and out of all that negativity and into my heart so that I could make a phone call. And, you know, that, it's Rosarmi who ended up being my wife of now nearly 13 years. So sound healing had such a profound effect on me and in, especially in that moment, it led to me marrying, you know, my soulmate and having twin, you know, twin, twin nine-year-olds now. And, um, you know, it was all because of sound, all because of sound healing. So I realized the immense power of sound healing. So I decided that I would use my voice for the same and I just never stopped. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I mean, it's it's it was a, such a happy accident that you that you got in touch with Alexander at that point. Um, and I mean, yeah. having been sort of privy to those moments, you know, when he went to Fintorn and and then when you and Rosami got together, I, I you know I've traced it like I don't know, like I've been watching this amazing life unfold through through yeah. music and through through sound and through your voice, which has always had a big impact on so many ways. But could you? explain a little bit to anyone who doesn't understand what is sound healing well i can really break it down to the basics here and say that when we create uh with our vocal cords or with an instrument so say you use uh, a violin you're playing a bow over strings when you play guitar you're plucking strings and when you use your voice, it's, it's, it's a, a, an amazing singing teacher once said, the breath is the voice. That would be you. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, with the, with the human voice, it's, it's breath going over vocal cords causing, causing a vibration. So they all cause a vibration. And we're not actually creating sound. We're creating a vibration. So we create vibration with instruments. We create vibration with our vocal cords. And the sound is actually produced by the brain of the listener. <laughs> the sound and the feeling is created by the brain of the listener. So what, what sound healing is, is it's, we're creating a vibration and we create quite a powerful vibration with the human voice. 
but also with instruments like gongs, which uh, gongs are second only to the human voice in terms of the amount of frequencies that they produce at one, any, any given time. And then you've got things like crystal bowls that produce an amazing frequency that can be felt by the body as well as heard. Uh, same with gongs, felt by the body as well as heard, and human voice, felt by the body as well as heard. Um, so when we create the vibration with the sound healing, so sound healing itself, that, that term is a bit of a misnomer because the sound doesn't really do the healing. It's actually a vibrational medicine. The vibration of the instruments and the voices connects with us and we are actually vibration as well. Everything in the universe is vibration. Everything in the universe is energy. So when you have sound, when you have vibration being produced by musical instruments and the human voice, it connects with, with us because we are vibration as well. And, you know, we are actually between 60 and 70% water and sound actually travels or vibration travels four times faster through water than it does through the air. So the human body is a, a fantastic conductor of sound or vibration, shall we say. First of all, it is vibration, and then it's a wonderful conductor of vibration. So what sound does or what vibration does when it hits the body is it starts to, it resonates with different parts of us and it starts to shift and move different things around. It can, uh, you know, unlock the vibration of different emotions and you can have people getting teary in sessions because the sound the sound vibration has shaken something loose within their being you can have people going into what's called a catharsis where they start shaking and stuff like that that's another example of how the sound or the vibration has shaken something loose in the human being or the human consciousness and shifts out of the way so what i'm saying is that the term sound healing is a misnomer in that the vibration of the sound doesn't really do the healing. What the sound does is it, it shakes things loose and it moves things around and it rattles things out of the body that perhaps sometimes have been stuck there for a long time. And it can absolutely clear out and, 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 and move out negative emotions and stress and different things. And it, has an effect also of synchronizing the left and right hemispheres of the brain and inevitably people get incredibly relaxed and i don't even know whether we can even explain how it works fully you know i don't even know whether i can really even do it justice by talking about vibration i mean this is the best way that we can describe it in human language but there is really something there's so many things going on at so many different levels that I don't even know whether we can begin to explain it. Mm. But, but what I do know is that the ancients knew that it worked because if you look at the Australian Aboriginal culture, they were using the didgeridoo and the clapsticks and their song, you know, the song men were chanting for everything, ceremony, for healing, day-to-day life. And for them it was just, you know, part of it it was like their life was a symphony of these instruments and they found them wherever they went and it's the same with the native americans with their flutes and their drums the powwow drums and their intense chanting you know 
even that expression of that really intense chanting, it clears away. Like you do some intense chanting for half an hour or so, you're going to feel so much better than you did before you did that, you know? So yeah. there's so much going on. So it's, 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 you know, in a nutshell, sound healing is, is the healing of vibration. Uh, just shifting stuff out, moving stuff out. So that when stuff gets shifted out of the way, then the body, mind and spirit can find a new equilibrium. The body, mind and spirit can find because the body knows how to heal itself. It's just that usually there's something in the way and sound healing can shift those things out of the way so the body can heal itself. So it's the body, mind, spirit that does the healing because that's what it's designed to do and it's the sound that just shifts stuff out of the way so that process can be uh, reactivated. Yeah, it's extraordinary. I mean, I've, I've experienced your sound healing sessions and <clears throat> I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I've been around music my entire life um, and singing my entire life, but I'd never been to a sound healing session. And yeah. I, I sort of lay there and it was almost as if, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit sort of synesthetic anyway, so I kind of experienced sound in a quite a physical way. But it was yeah. almost as if there was something physically moving around the room the sound it was almost as if you could see it like a, like some sort of air like some sort of gas um with a color in it you know um wafting around and, and getting in and out of everything almost uh yeah almost like a tangible thing you could see and you could feel it and everybody was just so chilled um and the sounds that you were creating vocally were really unusual you know i mean at the same time being very mellow, very mellifluous, very resonant, there was also elements and dimensions to the voice that are not what you normally hear in a human voice. It's almost as if you're able to access something different. Um, and I know when I've um, <clears throat> looked at things like uh, Mongolian overtone chanting, you were using quite a lot of overtones in your voice, seemed like they were coming through quite naturally. Is that something you've had to develop has that just come through you or is it something you practice how, how does that happen Dan? well that's a great question i i i have very <laughs> my only singing training really was with you and that was very contemporary uh it was contemporary it was op i did opera with you as well which um to be honest was a really good grounding to start on this journey because I learned from you how to, to open up and, and really let sound pour through. So that was a really good starting point. So, you know, that's the first thing I would say that any sort of singing training that allows you to open up, especially like opera training um, is very beneficial because really I, I'm a vocal channel, which means I allow sound to pour through me. And um, so that, that contemporary training with you really allowed me to um, have a starting point where it would allow sound to pour through me. So then what happened was I just started toning the chakras. I learned from Alexander how to sing through the chakras. And that was more like just doing the tones like ooh and oh and ah. So I just started doing that. And we moved to Argentina. I went to Argentina we were living on an eco village and we were living in this house. And then there was this like stone igloo type dome thing. Uh, it was like a, 
parabolic sound chamber. It was like being inside a, a bowl <laughs> and it was right next to our house. So I used to go in there every day, started doing it. And then I was very basic, you know, I was just doing basic stuff. And then it was an eco village. So people would come visit and I'd start to take people in there. And I was just naive and maybe brave or bold enough to say that I could just start singing over people's bodies when I was really just a beginner at doing it. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I used to take groups in there. I'd do these free sessions for people who came to the eco village. And I just started to channel. And um, I, I remember I didn't even have many instruments. And then some, one day someone came in with a didgeridoo. And then I just started channeling what just sounded so much like Aboriginal chanting from Australia. And, and I thought, well, where did that come from? Okay, well, I'm just going to do it. And, uh, you know, and then over the years, I think after about two years or one year, I started this, this sort of vibrational scene started happening. It's a funny little wobble that happens in my voice. It just started happening as sort of like, that sort of stuff. That is really, really bizarre. What an amazing sound. How are you doing that? What does that feel like? Does that feel like you've relaxed your larynx or, or are you consciously supporting the breath? Anything? Or should I just not overanalyze that too much? <laughs> no, I think it's good to analyze it. I mean, because... I, I have no idea. <laughs> no, I do. It's like I'm not putting it on. Like I'm not going, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not going, blah, 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 blah. I'm not doing like the, you know, North American um, Indigenous people do with their hands. I'm not doing that. It's like the best way I can describe it is that if there was a tube running from my mouth to the deepest part of my soul, the vibration is coming from there. Yeah. It's almost like a little fluttering of wings, isn't it? Going on in, the, in your life yeah. somewhere. It's like a little fluttering. It's, it's lovely. Really lovely. It's, um, you, yeah. you do hear, it, it is a particular style that's heard in um, some of the Tuvan throat singing as well. It's actually a style. I forget what it's called, but they do that. They do that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you've got the higher range stuff like and you get harmonics coming off that as well. Oh my so, God, you could do sound effects for movies. <laughs> well, I'll put my hand up for that. <laughs> it's coming. The next. Uh, it's in my vibrational escrow, as uh, Abraham would say. <laughs> so tell me what you mean uh, when, when you say you channel that you're a vocal channel. What does that mean to anyone who has never heard that expression before? Well, this is the best way I can describe it. Like, I believe there's three stages of singing that we can achieve. And the first stage of singing is where we just sing with the throat. Like, we're talking about your average karaoke person or your average... Um, you know, your average pop singer that's untrained or something like that. They're, they're at the first stage of singing, which is just like singing with a throat. So just like the way okay. they speak, only speaking in tune sort of thing. Someone like Tom Petty, he's right. just singing with his throat. He's not really embodying the voice. He's like, you know, and I won't back 
down, it's all coming through his throat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's amazing. Like, he, I love that guy. <laughs> so that's, that's the first stage. And then you've got second stage you're seeing, which is uh, the embodied sound, which is, you know, Tom Jones, Mariah Carey, opera singing, you, where they're singing with the whole, the whole body. Uh, third stage singing is vocal channeling. And I sort of go between the second and third stage. And the third stage is where you open your mouth and sound pours through and you're just thinking that that cannot be me <laughs> because I can't do that consciously. Uh, if I'm doing a sound healing, maybe halfway in sometimes, those vibrations, the different vibrations that aren't me will start to come through on the voice. Like you were saying, you know, when you came to my session in London, there were things on the voice that you hadn't heard before that just didn't seem like they were normal. And that's, that's what vocal channeling is about. It's like when some other vibration comes on the voice that it's just totally different and it's not from the, it's not from the actual physical vocalist. It's actually another energy that's arriving on the voice whether you know it might sound weird whether it's angelic or whether it's something like a native american elder that's passed coming through on the voice or whether it's a um you know australian aboriginal elder that's passed wanting to you know because i believe there's a spirit world where some of these spirits they still want to be heard and they they want to they want a voice to jump onto and I mean, that's just going to sound so out there to some people, I'm sure. But <laughs> well, Maybe, but I mean, it, it, it doesn't to you, it doesn't to me, and I'm sure no. it doesn't to a lot of other people. I mean, you know, we're, we're more than the sum of our parts, aren't we? Um, and yeah. I think that's it. If you, I, I mean, the whole thing from certainly the experience I had with, with the sound healing experience is that you do reach a state, I mean, I'm just as a, as a punter, I mean, you were the, the facilitator, but as a punter, you kind of, find yourself in a state of meditation where you you become receptive to all sorts of things you become unconscious not unconscious literally but what you're doing is not like a conscious thing um if you see what i mean your voice is is almost like being sung by something yeah. rather than yourself um and that's the yeah. experience that that you feel like you're in the presence of something else that's not just the people who are there um and not just the sound that you're hearing and i think that's what's lovely what kind of unifies it for me yeah like sometimes you know this is such a journey for me because let, uh, let me just say something I, I really need to say this that to be a vocal sound healer and a vocal channel is the most freaking vulnerable space look <laughs> I'm like you, you know you're people have paid to come to your event and you're totally improvising these sounds that no one's heard before and it's like <laughs> it's a bit scary you know over the years i've been in and out of channeling because sometimes i'm in my head thinking oh what are they thinking and then other times i'm like oh i don't care this is amazing what's coming through or whatever but it's such a process and yeah. i grow i grow so much as a person by being a, a improvised you know sound healer vocal sound healer because you face everything. You face all of your fears. You face all of the um, insecurity uh, of what will people think, you know, because it's just such a, such a different thing. And 
kind of face that every day. So there's this real um, process of going between that second stage of singing, which is embodying the voice, which is still very powerful, and that third stage of singing, which is where you completely the ego is completely out of the way, and the and the channel is just open, and the, and the sound is pouring through. So I, I sort of live between that second and third stage of singing. Do you listen back? I mean, to I, I just, yeah, yeah. I use them for my own meditation. It's like my own medicine, especially because it's channeled energy. You know, it's like if you can't sometimes. benefit from it, then you know, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tested. I, I actually tested out on myself. And look, you know, I, I just humbly stand before everyone and say, "This is not about me." It's like this is something that I am just doing, and I have to do it. It's like breathing. You know, I can't. Uh, and, and as scary as it is sometimes and like, especially at the moment I'm in Bali, I'm working in a sound healing center where lots of really just regular people come and I'm channeling and, you know, for the most part, 95% of people are just like, wow, that's amazing. And then you get the other, well, maybe one or 2% who are just like, what the F was that? (laughs) (laughs) Going to keep you grounded. Oh yeah, Totally. Well, I'll always be grand. I'll always stay humble with this because um, it's not about me. It's just about serving. And I don't even know how I can explain why or how, but they do, they do really benefit people. Um, I think when, you, when you're creating something so different, it confuses people's brains so much that the brain just goes still. Yeah, probably. <laughs> something like that. Sitting there, what yeah. the hell's going on? Yeah, I can't work it out, so I'm just going to lay here. <laughs> something like that hopefully so yeah. tell me about you you were telling me earlier on that you are also running sessions in um voice freeing what was it you call it uh for other people i call it voice, uh, I call it voice liberation voice liberation so how does that work yeah. what are you doing there you know i was extremely blocked in my voice my childhood and bullying and you know just a throwaway comment my mum said to me one day you know when just because she had a headache that day or something it wasn't to do with my singing she loved my singing but um you know I took it to heart but mainly the bullying at school I took to heart and was that about your singing dad no it was about my appearance more than anything yeah just kids being cruel but I I copped it I think when you're a strong kid with a pretty good family life and you're surrounded by broken kids, they sort of want to take something from you because they're hurting so much. I understand that now, but um, I didn't understand that when I was a teenager. So I got quite damaged and quite hurt. And um, it was actually something called rebirthing breathwork uh, that I did a lot of in my late twenties that really liberated a lot of that, um, that hurt and a lot of the insecurity that came out of those experiences of being bullied. Uh, rebirthing just absolutely liberated my uh, music that was so blocked and started me on the path with voice. Uh, I think when I came to you for singing lessons in 2006, the year before that I'd done all the rebirthing. So I was already on my way, but uh, I was still in 2006 only at the very beginning of the sound healing journey and opening my voice. So because I've been so blocked and because I've been on this journey of opening my voice and liberating my voice and getting into this style of singing that's so different, you know, the vocal channeling and the vibrational singing, all that 
quivery voices, the wobbly voices and all that stuff, that really different stuff. Um, I, I just got real, really passionate about helping other people to do the same because there's so many people. I mean, nearly everyone has wounds around their voice. There is deep wounding when it comes to the human voice. Those wounds are debilitating for a lot of people because it's not just that you, you're shut down. If someone's voice is shut down, their, their life is shut down is what I've realized. And if you can help someone to expand the vibration of their voice and be heard a little bit louder or expand the vibration of their voice to be heard a little bit louder when they're singing or to be felt by others, and then they surprise themselves, which it always happens in my workshops. People just totally go, what the hell just came out of me? And then you, it's like you open this big doorway where all of that insecurity and shame and stuff that was put on them as children starts to unravel in that workshop. But just the beginning of it, then, then it becomes a journey for them of what they do from there. Because, you know, from my generation and before, there was this whole thing, you know, to varying extent that children were seen and not heard, right? I mean, my family, my family weren't like that, but, um, but I still got told to shut up and I still got told to be quiet and I still got told not to put my opinion in when it wasn't asked for and all that stuff. But then you have, another, have other extremes where kids, they were told that if they were going to talk they were going to get hit and so voice liberation for me is about um drawing people out of that drawing people out of that and i always say to people i've been doing this for 12 years and i've been liberating my voice and the more i liberate my voice the happier i get and i just live at the moment with so much contentment and happiness and joy on a daily basis and i know it's because i sing all the time and i know it's because i'm always working on expanding the vibration of my voice it's, it's such a path of healing. And I know that you said that to me when you were my singing teacher way back when. It's like all the stuff I, I remember you said that really, really helped so much. But it's like that for men. It's like that for women. That if, if you can just get them to take a step forward with their voice and expand the vibration of their voice just a little bit in one four-hour workshop, it can just be so life-changing for them. I, like two weeks ago or no, a month ago I did my session and there was this really blokey Aussie guy, you know, he looked like he came from the mines, you know, he was, <laughs> hey, guy, mate, you know, like full on <laughs> ocker. And I was thinking, what the hell are you doing here, bloke? And um, he, but he was just really on a spiritual journey. It was so amazing. And, and I just taught him how to breathe. Like you taught me to how to breathe when you were my singing teacher, just that, relaxed way of breathing for singing and at the end of the session when I asked people to share he said I haven't been able to breathe for like 15 20 years you just taught me how to breathe again oh my gosh that's amazing so people have got their voices suppressed they've got their breathing suppressed uh -huh. and if you can do anything to unlock the breathing or anything to unlock the vibration of the voice uh -huh. they just they have these massive they have this massive effect on them and that so, so, so true. I mean, so much of the work that I've done over the years is with people who, as you say, were 
were told that there was something wrong with their voice or they, were, they had no right to their voice and all those elements that keep the voices stuck and small and there was a lot of shame surrounding it. And you're absolutely right. I think, I think what's interesting too is when people do finally access their voices in a way where they feel it's acceptable for them to, to at least take another step forward, sometimes there's mm. such a grief process where people suddenly realize they, they, they're perfectly capable of doing it. They're perfectly capable of singing, that they're perfectly capable of having a relationship with their own voice that had some mm. joy in it, that then all of a sudden the grief kicks in when they realize that they've had a whole lifetime denied them by a, you know, some sort of um, incident in the past or some person that, that has closed them down. And, and that in itself then leads to another kind of healing. So the voice can be like a catalyst to, to opening up or exposing what actually needs to be healed. And then it's so much easier. Do you find that? Absolutely. You know, and, you know, I've been doing this voice liberation for a while now and every time I do it, I learn something and yeah. And one, th one, one thing I find that works really well is when I get the shamanic drum and I say to everyone, you all have indigenous DNA. We all have, we all have DNA that goes back into some sort of ancient culture. And some of us, have DNA that, that goes into many different indigenous cultures. And so what we're going to do now is I'm going to play this drum and you're going to connect with your, your ancient self and bring something through as a group. And then they just go nuts and they connect so deeply with their voices because it's like they're given permission. It's like, shit, yeah, I've got, these, I've got this ancient DNA and, and, and there's some part of me that remembers what it was like to chant with wild abandon around a fire. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to tap into that now. And they do. Yeah. And they tap into that because you, by, by telling them who they are, you give them permission <laughs> to yeah. be that person, which is this ancient person. Yeah. And, and I just find that's one of the highlights of the voice liberation workshop, but I, I just approach it vibrationally. I, I approach it as a, um, we're not singing. We're just creating vibration together. And actually the voice doesn't produce sound. It produces vibration and the brain is what translates that into sound. So let's just work on expanding that vibration together. <laughs> That's like a hack, you know, it sort of hacks their brain and says, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm not singing. I'm just creating vibration. Okay. That's a little bit more, it's a little bit safer because you, cause you say the word singing and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty impressive sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to get myself a shamanic drum now and bring my inner Celt into my, um, into my free your voice workshops. I've never done that. I've never done drumming. I've got one here. Let's have a little go. Well, that's why, that's why you and I, we need to have like a, a powwow and have a talk about, you know. Oh, absolutely. Different things you can do to help people liberate their voices because I'm sure you've got ideas I could use and I've definitely got ideas you could use. Absolutely. Um, just get a, like, if you're bringing out the Celtic stuff, you just get a, a Balron, you know? Uh, yeah. Like the Irish drum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I actually, I actually, that's all what I use. I use a Balron because the thing about a Balron is you can tune it with a screw, with a screwdriver, with a, you know, with a hex key. Yeah. Because the Native American drums, you can't tune them. So you come to a place like Bali where I live. And it's so humid that they just go flat as a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> so, you need, <laughs> so you need a drum that you can tune. You can tune and, with um, a key from Ikea. 
<laughs> That's right. Totally. <laughs> Bring out your ancient drum. Swedish, yeah, your inner Swedish yeah, yeah, Viking yeah. drum. Oh my goodness. Totally. Well, that's that's another, you know, because there's, you know, there's the the Celts, there's the Vikings, there's the Sufis, there's the, um, you know, the Roma mm. people, there's the Australian Aboriginals, the Native Americans, there's the Polynesian people. They all have these traditions of singing and music where it's all about moving life energy, where it's all about just keeping their energy flowing. Yeah. We don't have enough, we don't have enough practices in the West to keep our energy humming. And it happened by default in the ancient cultures because they were using sound. And that's why you see this massive, massive, uh, you know, movement of yoga because people are moving their energy and they're feeling better. And now sound healing is actually the new yoga. It's just going crazy. Because uh, I think because people just want to lay there. <laughs> they don't want to have to do anything. So they can just, they can just, they can just lay there on a, on yeah. a yoga mat or a, be, or a bean bag or something and just say, give it to me. Yeah, you, have don't to. Have, no, you don't have to bother with your downward <laughs> dog. You can just lie there That's and someone right. can chant over you for the same benefit. That's right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, yes. But it is, though, so beneficial. It would be nice if you got, you know, good tight stomach muscles at the same time. That would work for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. But it's, yeah. it is, and it's yeah, yeah. such a joyful thing. Isn't there? There's something about having a good sing. It's always called a good sing, isn't it, when people sing together? Oh, yeah. It just makes you feel so much better, whether, whether you're being sound healed or whether you're liberating your voice or whether you're just with people singing something together that there, there is an energy about it that is not the same as anything else um, I mean I was brought up in a culture where we all sang you know I was from Cornwall and my grandfather conducted the Melbourne Square and played the organ in chapel and everybody sang all the time so it wasn't until I moved to London weirdly enough ironically to go to Guildhall to study music that I was told I wasn't allowed to sing in public for a year and <laughs> so when I actually went you know to the place I was supposed to be singing more of I wasn't allowed to sing hardly at all. And it was, um, I remember thinking then, gosh, the rest of the world is not like the village I come from. You know, it doesn't sort of work uh, in the same way. And I think I've been on a mission ever since trying to get everybody to open up and, and, and get on with it. Because, yeah, we all have such unique relationships with our voices and such unique sounds that the tragedy that people are closed off and unable to, to make that journey. But don't you find, Dan... When people have been told they can't sing or they've been bullied or they've had problems, you know, getting their voices out. The difficulty is if you're in that situation and you don't believe for whatever reason that you can sing, it takes an enormous leap to put yourself into a position where you would even look into it. Because most people like being good at what they're good at. And if there's something that they think or suspect that they're not good at, it's very unlikely that they even try. So, I mean, as you're saying, talking about it as vibration is, is so much better because it eases people into to leaving their comfort zone in a way that they possibly don't even know they're doing it. Yeah, it's, it's like the whole, you know, I say that that's the old expression, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, did it make a sound, right? And the answer is no, it, it creates vibration. And if nobody hears it, there is no sound because it's, it's, it's the brain that creates sound. Mm. so yeah if you if you i mean i just like to break it down to the simplest thing which is vibration 
And then if I'm doing voice liberation in a group, you say, it's not about you, it's about the group. And then they, that's another level of comfort where they think, well, it's not about me. And, you know, there's a few other things. It's like so many people have been told they can't sing when it's not even true, you know? So I get a lot of people through my workshop who've been told they can't sing and they start singing and I just go, holy crap, they were lying to you. <laughs> you That's know, for sure. Like that. And who were the people that told them like, anyway? You know, they're, they're usually people who weren't even exactly. qualified. Not that anyone's qualified to judge whether someone can sing or not. It's not about that. Absolutely. But as, as good Absolutely. children, we believe what we're told, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I find is that um, a lot of women especially try and sing in like men's ranges. <laughs> so half of my work is saying, no, you're not a baritone, you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you're probably an alto or soprano at least. Yeah. And, um, you know, and you get them singing up in soprano and they're like, I can't sing that high. And I'm like, well, just give it a shot. Yeah. And they start singing in soprano and this massive voice comes out and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, huh? Yeah. yeah. See, see, hello. Yeah. And they're like, holy crap. Is that where I'm supposed to be singing? I'm like, yep. That's where you're supposed to be. Not a baritone. Yeah. I'm not being sexist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was teaching a lady once who, who had some, some lessons with me as a, as a present, as a gift. And all she wanted to do was to sing like, um, Joan Armour trading and this lady came along and that was what she was trying to do she was trying to learn a song in in that range for you know just because that's what she wanted and it took a few weeks it took a while and then we actually discovered that what she had was this glorious soprano tone what she accessed her head voice which is, is quite sort of it's a bit out of fashion at the moment. Everyone's trying to do musical theatre, lots of belting, lots of, you know, keeping the voice solid all the way through the range. But, but she had a natural voice that was a beautiful soprano, very lyrical, very, very beautiful. And it was extraordinary. When we discovered it, it was, it was like sort of, yeah, just opening a gift that she never knew she had. And it has changed yeah. her life. She's joined choirs. She's sung in, mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of places now having formerly thought that that wasn't even possible to her. And it was just because she was, yeah. you know, I always say to people, you're singing in the wrong key. It's like putting on someone else's shoes and trying to dance in them. You know, you have to find <laughs> your own shoes. You find your own shoes yeah. and then you can dance. Totally. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to use that. Use that. That's, right. that's a it's gift. amazing. <laughs> so it's amazing when we get a group together and I just do vocal toning with people where we sing a vowel like ah or ooh together. And we do it at the beginning and everyone goes, ooh, and there's all these low tones. Even the women are going, ooh. And then I do this process with them all called, I call it the opening, where I help them find their shoes, as you're saying. And I help the sopranos find their soprano and I help the altos find their alto. And the men always know where they are because they can't sing that high anyway most of the time. <laughs> And then we tone again at the end of that. And then it just goes ballistic. Yeah. And it's like there's, there's angels in the room. Yeah. And you're like, you know, and that takes, takes about half an hour to do 16 people in my group. But then at the end of that half an hour, you've absolutely totally changed the sound that's coming out of the group just by helping people find where they're, where they're supposed to be at. Yeah. Yeah. Combine that with teaching people how to breathe and you, you, you've already given them something massive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 
it's, it's combining the, the pair of the things together isn't it it's 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 singing on the breath yeah surfing on that breath and, and getting the sound through is just it's magical when people suddenly realize the relationship between the breath and the voice is is it's the same thing that's that's what they are that's what yeah. they're surfing on um, i always say to people you you know if you were cycling with with no air in your tires you really wouldn't get very far and yet we try and sing with our breath in our lungs um and expect it to to soar it, it can't it's got nowhere to go yeah, you know, I always remember you saying to me, the breath is the voice. And I always tell people that. And something else that I say to people is all it is, is breath over vocal cords. It is just breath over vocal cords. And what I'm doing with my voice is breath over vocal cords. And what you're doing with your voice is breath over vocal cords. The only difference between you and me is our consciousness when we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you trust that it's going to work for you because you know that it does. Other people are, yeah. are stifled at a certain point where, where, you know, they've got these gags over their mouths or these, these things around their throats that keep them stuck is, is all. And once that yeah. is, is taken away, then it's a wonderful liberation. Oh, oh, Dan, I feel like I've taken up so much of your time and you must be tired. You're honestly one of my favorite people to talk to in the world, honestly. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> Back at you. No, ya. seriously. Oh. Yeah, always okay. have been. Ever since we did our singing lessons, I always enjoyed chatting to you. Oh, so you. I probably, I probably have to go to bed soon because I've got to get up at quarter to four. <laughs> yeah, I just want it to be the most useful and interesting thing for people to hear and I think so much I mean you've said so many wonderful and beautiful things today um, that I think are going to really inspire people so yeah so thank you my darling my pleasure <laughs> thank you thanks for listening to the happy voice podcast with me Heather Meyer Thomas to hear Daniel and his sound healing and songs visit samtaramusic.com and if you've enjoyed the podcast, please stay in the conversation. Subscribe and visit happyvoice.co.uk for details of training and my Facebook live sessions. In the meantime, see you soon. <laughs>